Do you want to uh, record it or not? Fine. I correspond with a prisoner on death row in Florida um, who specifically wrote to an organization asking about Buddhism. Uh -huh. And so I've been sending him books and talking with him about my practice and his practice. I can't hear you at the back. Okay. How's that? Okay. Um, so I've been corresponding with a prisoner on death row in Florida who um, who's specifically wrote an organization um, asking to learn more about Buddhism. And I've been sending him books and um, talking with him about my practice and his practice. And, uh, and you know, sort of doing the best I can and consulting with people when I need to. Um, and in his last letter, he specifically asked me to consult the teacher for him. Um, he murdered someone. And I think you know the question. <laughs> um, he has a question about karma. Um, he, uh, he's, he's probably going to be killed within the next year and uh, has just started practicing. Um, is, is really sort of feeling the impact of, of what he's done um, and wants to know what he can do about it, basically. He wants to know if he's going to be reincarnated in some awful life form and sort of, you know, sort of mm -hmm. blown himself away from enlightenment for the next, you know, 10 millennia or something like that. Or, um, and I wrote to him and I didn't quite see it that way myself, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted another point of view. Sure. Um. Yes, it's a very important question, and uh, we could hardly um, imagine uh, what the plight of and circumstances of this uh, man uh, is. Do you know, and and can you say um, any of the details, if you wish? It may be confidential, and it's best not, uh, with regard to what happened in the past. I don't know. Don't know. So, the information that he is giving you is simply that he that he murdered somebody. Yeah. Um, and how long ago was that? Do you know? Has he said that? I think it was about 1993. Right. And um, what's um, what's the sense that you pick up in your communications with him, with regard to? his relationship to what took place? Um, he just fired his lawyers and asked to, asked no more bars to be put in the way of his execution. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, um, what's the attitude or relationship and his way of looking and feeling and thinking about the fact that he murdered somebody um, six years ago? Right. What, what's but he feels... Um, he feels like he needs to pay a penalty. I mean, he feels he he feels the weight of what he did, and feels like he needs to somehow deal with that. Um, I mean, he certainly seems to squarely look his actions in the eye, and um, and feel remorse. Yeah, right. The uh, inner res response from the heart and the feeling life is the most important. Uh, one of all. So you're saying that his current decision is to 
uh, stop any blocking of the execution, is it? And to allow things to uh, unfold. And if he does, therefore, in Florida, within a year. Absolutely barbaric, this. Absolutely barbaric. I, you know, I just don't have words for the uh, obscenity of these uh, executions. It's completely medieval and in a civilized country. I cannot express enough protest about it. But uh, um, how often and frequent is the uh, communication uh, with him? You know, how, how long have you been communicating? And do you want to say a little bit about what, what you touch upon and what his understanding is? How is he seeing things? Seeing things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, day to day, past, present and future. What's the sense? Um, well, we've been corresponding since January, or yeah. since December. Um, We've just, we spent a lot of our letters getting to know each other just as people. Yes. Just talking about common interests and um, types of food we like, you know, just yeah, random things sure. like that. I'm not quite sure what you're... No, no, exactly. So the, com the communications, again, establishing and making the friendship, and then along with making the friendship, uh, the, ex the exchange in areas of books and activities, just, just to get a... Uh, a little sense of, of, of these things. Um, the signal that he's putting out uh, to you, regret and uh, remorse, um, uh, awareness, the full uh, awareness of the consequences of uh, uh, what took place uh, there, and extraordinarily uh, courageous decisions that he's making um, uh, in the present. Um, there, uh, all of that, I, I, I would say that uh, with regard to life and death and whatever after, you please communicate it to him from myself as a senior Buddhist teacher. He has absolutely nothing to worry about, and I want you to make it absolutely clear. You can give the cassette if he's allowed to listen to cassettes uh, uh, to him, and and also that um, though in making these decisions, i.e. with regard to uh, the lawyer, lawyers, etc., please uh, tell him from the standpoint of the karma, the standpoint of the circumstances, he has every human right to do everything possible to block these executioners. That is the state government, um, the executioners themselves, and the awful karma they are creating for themselves. So I, I would say in that he may wish, and, uh, and that's his right as a human being, to let uh, events unfold for themselves as they are there, to take away uh, all the uh, technical structures to obstruct the uh, execution, but at any point, at any time, uh, this man wishes to change his mind. He certainly, from Buddhist perspective, from Dharma perspective, from Karma perspective, he has every right to do that. Not only for his own uh, welfare as a human being, but also as a, as a 
protest against a, a, an obscene system uh, there. So either way, he's absolutely fine. And the fact that I'm hearing from you his concern, his regret, his remorse uh, at, at this action of taking somebody's life, which is the most uh, uh, severe action that any human being can do in any circumstance that he's taking that uh, weight, enormous weight, as you pointed out, of responsibility is a tremendous tribute to him. And it isn't easy to do uh, in such a hostile and negative and fearful climate as the, as the penal system. So, uh, uh, and also do as well, of course, uh, uh, pass on to him every uh, caring and uh, compassionate uh, human, human being that our hearts and our awareness and our support is 110% with him. Uh, I, 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 it's very touching to listen to uh, what you had to say. Do, uh, Sasha, you keep your communications going. If uh, any literature, uh, any books, any propaganda, anything, uh, you let me know. I'll talk with uh, the good staff here at Spirit Rock, uh, etc., uh, we'll ten, send him tons of stuff uh, 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 there. So, uh, in that, re in that uh, respect, as he knows better than most of us, that he's got to take uh, uh, one day at a time and keep uh, heart and, and mind clear. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. In the uh, taped or the untaped world? reviewing my question as with the previous person speaking I realized my questions were going to sound quite trite <laughs> but in the, um, the in the face of that I decided I'd come up anyway please I have a couple of um, what I'd call um, kind of technical concerns about practice may I have to speak a little bit uh, the microphone's a bit hidden under the blouse there <laughs> Surprisingly tight, this clamp. Uh, uh. Right. Exactly. Let's see. Exactly Carry on. As you know, Christopher, I have a great love and appreciation for these practices. Mm -hmm. Very deep care and respect. And um, I think it was about five or seven years ago, you shortened your retreat time from, mm. I think, ten to mm. uh, seven days. Yep. And um, I think many of us look forward to coming every year and sitting with you. And I, um, first of all, wonder if you have any, any hopes or plans to go back up to <laughs> ten. ten. Mm. I know that you realize the, the great, you know, te the great... Um, gift that you're giving people through teaching you. the Dharma 
And um, so that's one question. And then um, to just piggyback on that question, when you did teach 10 days, mm. you um, taught scanning and sweeping of the body. Mm. And um, s having a great love and um, care for these precious teachings that are being brought to the West and are being shared with people like the people in this room, I feel that the, um, the letting go of the sweeping and yes. the scanning mm. is, a, is, a, is a great concern. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And um, I don't know how many people teach that anymore. I know Ruth does and, and yeah. um, um, her, um, Goenka does, yes. but I don't know how many Western teachers still teach that um, seriously. Yeah. All right. Um, just with regard to the uh, first question, as you mentioned, uh, some years ago it was uh, t t 10 days, I cut back the time. The major motive being parent and, and the single parent too, that I felt it was uh, being away in the summer, particularly in August, was um, eating too much into my daughter's time with my daughter in her holiday uh, 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 time. And that uh, is... Uh, changing just at the moment. <laughs> uh, uh, there she's uh, turned uh, 18 and getting ready to move on next Saturday morning actually. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact I was just speaking to her before coming in here on her mobile phone <laughs> and <laughs> watching a video with Torquay United football team. <laughs> As she does. <laughs> and uh, so um, doors and spaces are opening up uh, a little bit. But I think as you can appreciate, uh, 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 Lisa, um, those of us who have, uh, uh, have been uh, servants of the Dharma for you know, a couple of decades or more, uh, the requests are uh, strong. And I feel as much as possible to keep the connection and the renewal with the various places that I go to rather than to add, adding more. And uh, so trying to be, uh, if I may say, as fair as possible in the overall picture um, of uh, the different countries. Um, and also, may not be much comfort, but in the um, main talk on insight meditation by the Buddha, that when one comes to the last paragraph there, he says, um, how long do we need to engage in this practice to, so it really comes to fulfillment, which is an unshakable sense of liberation, of freedom, and enlightenment, that means living life with uh, such a wisdom, the problems of life have dissolved in the face of that wisdom. And then before any of the practitioners could answer, uh, the Buddha answered. He was always doing this throughout a question and putting in the answer very quickly. Say discussion, really, I suppose. And in, then he said, uh, seven years, six years, five years, four years, three years, two years, one year. Then he said, no. Seven months, six months, five months, four months, three months, two months, one month. And he said, all that one needs for complete, full, unexcelled liberation, enlightenment, is seven days. 
Are you serious? You're serious? Absolutely. I'm qu quoting chapter and verse. Okay. So uh, then that leads to my final question, which was actually, I was just going to... About the sweeping. You want to sweep the, well, Oh, is okay. that another one? Do you want me to answer that? Yes, please. All right. Okay. All right. So in the uh, tradition um, in Burma and uh, Thailand, there's a wide range of meditations and practices, of course. Uh, main priority with the practices is actually um, the uh, inspiration coming from that particular talk of the Buddha, which is the uh, classic insight meditation talk of the Buddha. And in that, he emphasizes awareness of body, awareness of feelings, awareness of states of mind, and awareness of the Dharma, etc. And that first one, there is a strong encouragement to be aware and mindful of the breathing, and to be aware and mindful of organic life, of bodily life. And sometimes we just give care and attention to the whole body and the pains and the comfort and the posture and the elements of the body and uh, work with that. And then, as you know, when, uh, with a few more days, uh, then at uh, times we uh, used to do this, uh, I think actually Goenka uses the sweeping um, um, uh, uh, language, but it's um, a directing of the attention in and through every area, part of the body, right from head to toes, toes to head, to really center the consciousness with the body. And it's a very important, very helpful and inval invaluable uh, practice, but it's one of, of uh, many. And for some people, and obviously you appreciate it as well as others, others find the moving, deliberate moving of the attention through the body can create more and more the sense of doing, and more and more a sense of getting somewhere. It can create some pressure, and sometimes in some shakiness in the body, too much pressure from the mind on the body. But others it works uh, uh, very, very uh, well. But as you point out, uh, Chandra and I over the years, um, recent years haven't used it in, in the way that was, was used uh, some, some uh, time to go, uh, some time ago. But uh, either A, one can just for oneself, and not so much at the guided meditation, um, or um, you could view it in the uh, age-old way of getting out of these things, is by regarding it as one more thing to let go of. Could do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was the other question? Uh, the other question, it's actually, I, I feel like I can't even ask the question, but it's about Nibbana, about, about yeah. unshakable Nibbana yeah. that you mentioned seven yeah. days the Buddha said unshakable Nibbana yeah. and um, I've thought about how on retreat I have uh, glimpses of Nibbana which yes. is lovely and then often um, when I am get, run around in my world I lose that I lose sight of yes. that and um, so that's one question that I could kind of clearly articulate like how but I guess um, I'm just wanting you to speak on, to speak to that question. To, All right, to I'll, I'll, I'll uh, speak and I'll ask too. Um, uh, with the speaking uh, part, uh, yes, uh, sometimes uh, in the day or in the in, in the meditations, one can genuinely sense uh, genuine sense of freedom, and it doesn't feel to be anything which is limiting or restrictive or uh, problematic. Yeah, in any way, and there's a real appreciation uh, for that. 
and the fact of it being established, and it called nirvana, literally means um, without fire, meaning, meaning that one has a genuine sense of uh, deep inner peace, uh, true contentment uh, of, of being, and freedom which goes with it, and therefore the language the Buddha has used, he referred to this as uh, nirvana, right in the midst of life, right in the midst of things, and the here and now is the open doorway to that realization getting established. However, of course, one things change, forms change, retreat forms to other forms, uh, etc. And in the changes that take place, that acknowledgement can seem far away and one finds oneself caught up in dualities, caught up in things, caught up in lives, in circumstances, etc. Uh, so there can be feeling and that experience of sensing or knowing or tasting of something, as the Buddha said, tasting of something. And then separation and loss and uh, departure uh, from. So, uh, in that, what, what's your uh, response for yourself, experience with this? What can help to make things, one's freedom of being, and way of the Dharma, well and clear, no matter what? Well, that's the question. <laughs> the mini answer. <laughs> um, I'm a visual person, so when I close my eyes, I often have images, yes. which I can remember when you know I'm in, caught in the middle mm. of my crazy and busy world, I yes. can remember these images that are very powerful, that I've right. seen, yeah. you know, that I've um, seen in my mind's eye. Right. And, um, and so that's helpful, but that's not, that's not, I mean, I have the sense that you live in, like you can live in that space. Yeah. I, yeah. That's my sense. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I wonder, I wonder how, how, the, how, how one does that. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Shall we call it jackpot question? No, what does that mean, jackpot? I don't know, so I forgot we separated by a common language. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, used to be a program on TV, it's a few lifetimes ago, called the $64,000 question. Oh, uh, like yeah, I think we had something like that. Yeah, 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 one of those. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big question. Right. So, we'll just go back a little bit to the uh, mundane for a moment or, or two. Okay. Um, uh, you said to me uh, just before the retreat started that um, you're making at the end of the year the first time is it out of uh, North America, and you thought for a little contrast you'd go to India. <laughs> that, 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 okay. Certainly will be a contrast from Spirit Rock. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. So um, say a little bit about what inspired that. Gent freedom can inspire change, it inspires new things, it inspires taking risks, it all can go along uh, with that. So, say a little bit about the background to that. To wanting to go to India? Yeah, yeah. I think ever since I started practicing, I've, you know, I've had images in my mind about practice and the, like, different lineages of practice and the different, you know, I, you know, I, I can imagine what how people have practiced through thousands of years. Absolutely. And, 
and that has motivated me often to practice. Just, yeah. for instance, like the Order of Nuns, or yeah. you know, I can get really inspired by that. Yeah. And and then um, just wanting to go back to the very like roots of that. So that's really what oh, has motivated excellent. me. Excellent, wonderful. I, I, I just agree so uh, wholeheartedly there that sometimes in our uh, uh, reflections that. Uh, Hundred generations of uh, men and women have engaged in exactly what we are doing here. Uh, all over Asia, last generation or two, of course, uh, uh, um, here in the West. And there's a long uh, tradition of this. And the Buddha himself paid acknowledgement to the previous traditions. You know, one of the previous Buddha to him was called Vipassi. You know, the whole tradition that's uh, uh, gone on of dedicated... Uh, uh, practice to awaken the life, to liberate uh, the life. So those steps, wanting to explore that, to go deeper into that, to feel the roots and the connections with all of that. And for some, of course, uh, overseas, for some people, and the number of people here know as well, that taking those steps and initiatives are all part of that deepening connection, deepening of uh, absorption into the great dharma of existence, uh, which is there. Coming back, though, for a moment, just to what you said uh, earlier, when issues and events are going on for you in the day-to-day life, not easy to measure this, does it seem like you're removed totally away, or a little bit, what's the relationship? To the daily day-to-day life? Yes, yes. I'm not very removed. No. Mm-mm. No. Right. I'm quite engaged, I think. No, no. But my, 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 removed from the freedom that you oh, have yeah, built yeah. and sensed here. I Does see. the gap mm-hmm. seem very big? Mm-hmm. I know you're very engaged, but mm-hmm. very big or small or, or it's only in retreats? What, right. What's the... It's grown over the years. It certainly has grown. The, um, and, and yet at times I get very caught in you know, in suffering. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the teachings um, have always made allowances that even when the sun is shining, well, uh, clouds can appear. One can get, as it were, lost in dark clouds, uh, feel that one's separated from the sun, the sunlight of freedom, uh, or also... Everything measurement is always by degree, and that's extremely hard to access. Does the suffering which arises seem all-consuming? Can you see its change, that it's impermanent? How personal does it feel? How intense does it... uh, What's the need from other people to get you out of it? Say a little bit about it. What's been the most difficult moments or periods, if you want to say, um, last three or four months? What's been the worst nightmare? Well, right this very moment, I'm feeling like I should go back to my seat because I'm feeling like I'm taking up too much time. No, you're not. No, no, no. no, no, no. Don't don't take no notice of that that view. They have one task, and that is to listen and shut up. (laughs) And, uh, And others... Your voice is the voice for others in the hall here as, as well. Non-dual means there's no difference between you and them. 
So, what's been the most difficult period? If you want to say, don't no obligation uh, over the whatever past few, few months. Well, I had what I caught, what I've called a nervous breakdown in January. All right. Okay. Tell us uh, about this event. What? 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 What, what was the? Uh, if you wish, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know. You, you know. You can just say thank you. Basically, I th- it was someone, maybe Sharda, who, or I forget, last night in her talk, who said insanity is when one realizes that they've, they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again to hurt themselves or something yeah. like that. I think that was in your talk. And respecting different results. And respecting different results. And that was essentially what I experienced was I found that I was doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, but I was not getting different results. And um, and it was also my 40th birthday, and I had this big review of my life, and um, so yeah, right. it was difficult. So the, the sometimes uh, lots of things start um, um, meeting together. Mm-hmm. Um, we give some, humanly enough, um, importance to a, a, a couple of numbers wandering <laughs> around the brain cells. And then uh, other events are taking place, pressure, re- mm-hmm. and then the reviewing of one's life, mm-hmm. put all of that together, and of course it's uh, just a recipe for the mind to boil over. Right. Just a recipe for right. the, uh, And sometimes we don't realize, in that period of time, with all the heat uh, of it, and all the difficulty of it, roughly, how long did it go on for? Probably almost a month. Almost a month. Mm-hmm. And but it, you know, it, I mean, the reason—it's hard to say. But yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sure. All right. But just just very roughly, roughly speaking. And what were the conditions or factors, if any, noticeable, which allowed it to fade and become the past? I definitely had to let go of like you know, the clamping down on, on, you know, my, myself and, you know, uh, so. Yeah, all right. That, that's an incredibly important awareness and insight, how quickly and easily the self clamps down on itself. That generating all kinds of uh, pressure and sometimes pressure generating almost crisis. And again, with all the socialized pressures that go on as well, going through that span and that period of time, coming into February and we're now into late August, what's been the flow on since then? Well, things passed and... um I'm in a very different place than that, but it was kind of... It made a mark, you know, yeah. it definitely made its mark, and um, and I've made some changes in my personal life that would help me from getting back into that place. Okay, good. Um, That's the wisdom working. Right, so... Is there, with the changes <coughs> that you've uh, made... And with the understanding and insights of what took place in January into February, is there at the present time uh, greater confidence 
and that the inner life is becoming and being more and more protected through the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good news. Right. So, sometimes, of course, in uh, situations of life, one challenge has to be worked with and worked, worked through and these distressingly uh, pressure cooker situations that mind just can't cope and then uh, working is and working through and obviously uh, then fresh challenges start uh, in various ways and obviously it hasn't d- diminished your determination for them since you're willing to um, make this uh, uh, long flight whatever it is from here, 26 hours uh, to India, which will be definitely the easiest part of your journey. (laughs) (laughs) To me, I mean, that Mm. is just... India, I think, is a lifelong dream, so even though it will be very challenging and difficult, I know that, you know, in a way... That has nothing to do with this. Yeah, good. <laughs> you know. Good spirit. So Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. It's, and, and you're right. And the question is, like, right now, how can I or we really see Nibbana, you know? Yeah. And I know it's through the present moment. And I know that just by my asking this, it kind of, um, it negates the answer somehow, or it won't allow yeah. the answer by my even asking but I just share the curiosity. There's the curiosity. There's yeah. the interest. Absolutely. And and so thank you so much. <laughs> it's not accepted this time. Then it's very rare. I don't accept the thank you, but today is going to be because I want to respond because I think everything you said is just wonderful. Uh, um, the very important signal and the very important communication that despite having the inner life rocked about at the beginning of the year, these things uh, happen, that it hasn't diminished your uh, love of the Dharma, your uh, determinations, your uh, keenness and enthusiasm and willingness to take steps and risks to uh, step out of the known uh, country, to make uh, uh, changes in response to what happened, and to uh, explore further at the field. And all of that seems to indicate to me, in listening to you, that uh, this difficult phase at the beginning of the, of the year leaves its, leaves its mark, but doesn't seem to be living, leaving uh, timidity, fear, insecurity, or intensification of holding on to the known and the familiar. That, that doesn't seem to have had that kind of grip. And that's all the wisdom and the inner freedom itself at work. It's an outcome uh, there. Quite often and easily, as you just said at the very end, that uh, we tend to ask the word how. How tends to imply method. Method tends to imply one thing uh, as a means to somewhere, uh, somewhere else. Um, but here, it's to this, to this, to this, to this. So, uh, in that respect, with regard to uh, the meditations, 
to with, with regard to all that unfolds uh, through through the day here, it might be more uh, useful for you, not for everyone at the present time, but for you to uh, either feel and sense and be receptive to uh, freedom, uh, sense of freedom here and now. That means not feeling problematic with anything uh, uh, around, just as you know from the past, to allow that to be established and sometimes to uh, follow it up or to connect it with what is this um, uh, awareness that doesn't seem to have any limitation to it or any restriction or any confinement, uh, etc. And just so rather than the how, it's more this is it, it's more or what is this, and that may be more, um, <coughs> more <coughs> pardon me, more insightful. Uh, uh, in this res- in this respect, and as you mentioned a little while earlier, all the uh, uh, sages of uh, past and uh, present all have agreed, uh, without any hesitation, on the profound significance of the open doorway of the here and now, and all that's revealed uh, in it. Thank you. Thank you. Recorded or unrecorded? Recorded. Okay. session with you a few years ago was a lot easier out there. Yes, I know. (laughs) Hence the invitation to hear. I thought of, uh, I had a question for you and now I have four. Please, who knows? But the first was, uh, maybe you can uh, combine them all. Um, I was going to ask you to elaborate on the difference between a Buddha and a Buddhist. <laughs> Between a Buddha and a Buddhist. <laughs> yeah. oh, nice one. Uh, to be a Buddha be a rather than a Buddhist, you had yes. a suggestion. Right. And what came up for me in the initial uh, uh, discussion uh, about the penal system mm-hmm. uh, what is the other way? What is the middle way? Yes. In terms of someone who takes another life. Yeah. All right. Our system, I agree with you totally, is incorrect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, just uh, respond to the first. Uh, uh, in a way, uh, each person must look to herself or himself with regard to what the associations are for those who refer to themselves as a, a Buddhist. And for some, of course, it, it's just by matter of birth and up. Uh, upbringing, and it's less common here, but very common, obviously, in quote-unquote Buddhist countries, where uh, to be a Buddhist, for many people, 
like with other religions, would be to, in this case, to go to the temple regularly, usually on the moon days, to make uh, offerings to the monks, to make merit by giving donations to build uh, temples, to support the uh, nuns and monks uh, in their practices, to keep the five precepts. And a strong intention in the conventional Buddhists is to do that in order to secure a better rebirth. And for many, many people in the culture of Buddhism, that's what it means to be a Buddhist. That is, the, I would say, in my observation, generally speaking, the most common view of what it is to be a Buddhist for those who have been born and brought up in Buddhism in a Buddhist country or from a Buddhist family. There are others, of course, who may, may well respect that and contribute uh, in that way, and some will look at themselves as a Buddhist in another way. And just um, last uh, week when Shambhala, when uh, Shara and I were teaching, I was at Shambhala Books, um, the publishing house in Boston, and they were pointing out to me the sea change that's taking place in which Buddhism, rather than being some strange foreign religion being imported by a handful of hippies uh, from the old peace and harmony days, uh, actually is gaining and gathering um, much more uh, acknowledgement and respect in the mainstream. And, and, I think, and particularly, if I, I may say, at the present time, it will change, but at the present time in the insight meditation world of teachings and practices, and I think partly because we don't make a big fuss about Buddhism in its, this form, you know, the entertainment form, I call it. And, uh, and, and therefore, to be a Buddhist, for some people, is strictly and specifically associated with a way of life. A uh, way of life which embraces uh, ethic, ethics, deep conviction about uh, uh, ethical foundations and not causing suffering, etc. Second, the great importance of uh, meditation and awareness. And thirdly, uh, living wisely through the support of the Dharma, the support of the Sangha, like-minded people, and a real commitment to those uh, deep and wise way of living with compassion and love. There. And someone's, so when some people are asked, uh, are you a Buddhist? Their response will be in that, in that way. And we think of themselves in that way and we'll say, yes, I'm a Buddhist and this is what I mean when I call myself a Buddhist. There, there are others, and uh, who, and I'm in the others here, who um, just never have had, uh, even in the time of the monkhood, any appetite whatsoever for any label. You know, having been brought up a uh, Roman Catholic and all that uh, goes with it, uh, etc., and having got one label off my back, I never have ever wanted to take another one on board there. So I've never considered myself a, a Buddhist. And never used the, I rarely use the label. Sometimes you know, I'm in, on the international board of the Buddhist Peace Fellowship. But as I said to friends of mine, look, if it was the international board of the Monkey Peace Fellowship, I'd be <laughs> delighted to be on it. So... It's the, the, the peace which matters to, uh, to me. More important, and of course, uh, 
again, as I said the other evening with the images and so forth, uh, the label is something that's grown in time. And, uh, but more important than becoming a Buddhist is the full waking up, the full uh, awakening. And that full awakening, the Pali word for it, is to be a Buddha. So the emphasis is truly on being a, a, a Buddha, Tru- truly on waking up. And one of the uh, tributes of a Buddha, of, a, of awakening, is that it, there is a service to others. That's, just, that's one feature of a awakened mind. And in that, with regard to plenty of people have a very non-clinging, non-attached, non-possessive relationship around being a Buddhist. You know, plenty of people are very comfortable and there and have and no uh, uh, way whatsoever that uh, describing oneself as a Buddhist has to be in any way a problem. But, and all, all practitioners I know surely would uh, uh, agree, it's not being a Buddhist which matters, it's being a Buddha which matters. And, uh, and I think that's the, the, the right and correct uh, emphasis. And I just remember, just very, very quickly on this point, that when I was talking with Jack, uh, one of the co-founders here, Jack Cornfield, and it was the Monday evening talk, and apparently some TV camera people were, were around, and uh, loitering around the car park or something, <laughs> and, and were asking people, oh, you connected with Spirit Rock, you connected with uh, teachings and practices, and, 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 and they said, people saying, oh yes, I've been coming, you know, X number of years, etc., etc., and... Uh, and they said, oh, are you a, oh, so you're a Buddhist? Oh, no, no, I don't think of myself that way. And they were having a job finding a Buddhist at Spirit Rock. <laughs> so I think the spaciousness, the flexibility uh, are there for some feel themselves as Buddhists, very, very much. And uh, others, uh, others of us don't use the label. Having said all, all uh, that, what about you? <laughs> hmm. um, well, I feel like I'm exploring Buddhism. You're exploring Buddhism. Nice one. All right. Uh, I'm learning about the Dharma. All right. That's what, what could be better in life. So, what's, <laughs> what sparked your uh, exploration? How long... Has it been going on for? A little bit more than four years. Four years. And was there any particular turning point for you? I mean, maybe a conversation, a book, a, a reflection, an event in your life? Or was it just like, just a gradual, and nothing special, just a gradual entering into uh, the stream of the Dharma? Um, exploring the connection between back pain and my inner world. Back pain in your inner world. That's, that's so basically my, the, yeah, the door. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. You know, I've met, over the years, hundreds of people who got turned on to the Dharma through back pain. <laughs> I, think I never thought I, I could sit. Eh? I never thought I would ever no, be able to no, sit. No, no. I mean, it's just you know, wonderful the, the, the service that nature provides us with. 
gives us a good solid dose of back pain and it starts to make us look. It's, it's, it's really a bit. And, uh, and we know with the wonderful uh, program of uh, uh, John Kabat-Zinn that basically it's uh, really enabling and encouraging uh, people to live a really mindful and conscious life and out of that uh, extensive program in the US and el elsewhere people have found their way into retreats, into practices, into India, etc. And the uh, turning point in their life was their back pain. So, uh, good to hear. Nice one. So, has it had, <laughs> in four years, um, how's your back? How's the back with the sitting? It looks like the posture looks pretty good from here. Thank you. My knees are killing me. Your knees are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm happy to report that uh, my back is quite good, yes. and in the four years since I've been practicing, I've had one flare. That's right. Yes. Dharma's taking root. <laughs> so, of course, you don't have to say. What was, what was the flare-up about? Don't have to say. No, no, no. Just <laughs> curious. Only one flare in four years. It, this will inspire others with back pain. You don't have to. Just no, I'm trying to remember. Quite, um, that's more. I think it was my work, mm -hmm. and um, you don't have any children. I do. I do have a child. And no flare-up. <laughs> <laughs> It's impressive. Uh, well, she was. She was a preteen at the time. She was yeah. about 12 or 13, so she, she wasn't at her worst. <laughs> so I don't think that was it. Nice one. Very good. No, no, obviously, if it was major, it would be standing out super, uh, uh, super quickly. So sometimes we enter into practice as four years as love of the Dharma, love of the exploration uh, of it, and all the challenges that go along uh, uh, with it. And it raises many, many questions. And I think that second question that you asked, how does the Dharma of the middle way apply to situations, as we were hearing from uh, Sasha a little bit uh, uh, earlier on, the present system, uh, of course, uh, both in the, uh, the, 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 tra the tragedy uh, of, of it, it's, uh, the executions of, uh, of of people, and quite forgetting and, and uh, neglecting. I think the two considerations, just rather briefly on the point, but the two considerations is uh, uh, one: um, the hard reality of the situation is that where there is uh, violence and all the kind of consequences of it, I do believe that society um, has the right to be protected from such people. And, and that, uh, I think, is a, vi a vital factor. What is equally important and what is neglected as well is that if a person is violent, quite often the inner life in various ways um, has been frozen in various ways. And all the consequences of the internalization 
from others, family, society, whatever, of negativity, of hate, of fear, of terror, of all the dark internalized forces. And then at any time, in a calculated way, or in an explosive uh, way, uh, strike tragically somebody else, or others, whatever. And I do f- feel that with the wonderful resources of uh, very skilled uh, uh, psychotherapists, with uh, workshops, with people who are loving and compassionate and co- concerned and ready to stay with these situations, that there are plenty of situations where uh, men and women who have murdered other people or inflicted violence of them can genuinely come to uh, a great deal of inner change and inner understanding and their lives be transformed through that understanding, through the skills being made available to them. And that will mean a lot of love and care and listening and initially the establishing of trust between uh, the one uh, who's having the sentence and the other or others who have the skills to work with uh, such frozen minds and frozen hearts. And there are examples of this taking place well and skillfully. There are models of it. There are models of it in uh, England. There have been some extraordinary documentaries uh, there, um, um, especially in Sweden, uh, particularly, which, has, which I regard as the most uh, uh, civilized people on the earth in these areas. And, and that, what that actually means is that if this government, uh, which it isn't, but if this government was truly interested in the safety of women, men and children uh, there, then it would put the financial resources and make available teams of people skilled in uh, the field of uh, emotional life and skills and psychotherapy in awareness and practice training and provide a totally different climate for these people to grow in. At the moment that is not available in, in the prison system. It simply is not av- available and the effect of it is that in this country it has the highest number of people in prison in the world which is 178. For every 178 people in this country one person is in prison. And therefore, these people are on, on the most marginalised group of people. And, and, and the effect of all of this, of course, is increasing fear, increasing violence uh, in the society uh, uh, here. And that's going to take a lot of uh, determination and, and willpower for people to, to say, we have to stop this uh, medieval form of treatment of people. And, that, and that's absolutely, absolutely uh, vital. And, and, and I would say that's what the middle way is. Okay, thank you.